Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. We're doing a special show today about Microsoft's proposed acquisition of LinkedIn. If you paid attention to the news this last week, you know that Microsoft offered to buy LinkedIn for $26.2 billion. And I thought now would be a good time to gather some experts together to talk about what the impact and implications of this could be for you as a sales professional or a sales leader who uses LinkedIn, relies on LinkedIn to help you connect and engage with influencers and decision makers. So join me with three people. First up will be Kurt Shaver. Kurt is founder of The Sales Foundry a LinkedIn expert whose mission is to help accelerate sales revenue growth by showing sales teams how to use social selling tools and techniques to grow their professional networks and connect with decision makers. Kurt was previously a guest on Accelerate, in episode 94 titled, How to Successfully Integrate Social Selling into Your Sales Process. After Kurt, I'll be talking with Miles Austin. Miles is the founder and CEO of FillTheFunnel.com. In addition to being a renowned blogger, speaker, and trainer, Miles is one of the leading authorities on sales tools that can help you grow your sales. Miles has also previously been on Accelerate, twice in fact. Check out episodes number 5 and number 20 for great information about the latest sales tools and technologies you can use in your business. Finally, I'll be talking with Vivica Von Rosen, a leading LinkedIn and social selling expert and author of best-selling classic LinkedIn Marketing, An Hour of Day. And be sure to check out my previous conversation with Vivica in episode 153 titled Best Practices to Accelerate the Growth of Your Sales Using LinkedIn. So first up, Kurt Shaver. Kurt Shaver, welcome to this special edition of Accelerate. Hey, Andy, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So this must be like nirvana for you. I mean, you're the LinkedIn expert and here's all this news about LinkedIn, Microsoft buying LinkedIn. So you must be busy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty busy. This is very similar to what happened five years ago when LinkedIn went IPO in May of 2011. It's really it's got much of the same feel in terms of creating a lot of buzz. All right, so let's just jump right into it. Why why is this move by Microsoft so interesting, or why should it be interesting to sales professionals, sales leaders, and so on? 
Well, I think you can probably just uh, see the writing on the wall from what you know the Microsoft uh, CEO Satya Nadella said in the press release, and he's talking about the integration of social networking into the productivity products that Microsoft is famous for, and he in in that really first positioning statement, he specifically mentions the term social selling. And when I saw that, I mean, I, you know, just a smile came to my face, right? Yeah, a warm, because, warm feeling all over yourself. <laughs> exactly. Because when I, uh, when LinkedIn went IPO five years ago is when I, I started focusing on teaching salespeople how to use LinkedIn. And at that time, the word social selling did not exist five years ago. Now it kind of popped up maybe three, two and a half years ago. And, and now it's pretty well recognized in, in um, corporate sales circles, not really so much outside of sort of corporate sales circles, but most people that are, you know, going to sales conferences and things like that, that run in our circles know the term social selling, but to see the CEO of Microsoft say it right with, in, in the three or four sentences that made it to the press release cut, I thought, wow, that's really the stamp of credibility right there. So is there some, I mean, you're a LinkedIn expert. You, as you said, teach companies how to use LinkedIn to increase engagement and ultimately sell more. But there have been a lot of frustrations with LinkedIn mounting up over the last couple of years based on some moves they've taken, sort of closed their environment and made it less accessible, less usable, perhaps. Um, you know, do you see that changing? Um, probably. I, I think. I guess my comment on that, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out because viewed from a certain perspective, Microsoft and LinkedIn almost have completely different uh, approaches or philosophies. And obviously, you know, if we think back to when Microsoft started in the mid-70s as the OS for PCs, the, the reason Microsoft became the biggest software company in the world is basically this spirit of openness and partnerships because they wanted to play on every hardware platform, right? It was right. the, uh, you know, the IBMs and the Osbournes and the Compacts of the world. And so Microsoft really built its value um, from playing nice with everybody. Um, ironically, as a social network, ironically, LinkedIn is very closed. It's right. very, you know, it has a very walled garden. Uh, really, uh, LinkedIn's uh, business philosophy is much more what people think of as Apple, which is like, I'm going to be closed. I'm going to control everything. It's only going to be my own stuff and nobody else is going to play. In fact, uh, an executive VP at LinkedIn, I was, I was talking to him about some of this stuff. And, you know, he, he said to me, um, yeah. Uh, we really don't do too well with partnerships. Yeah. So, we don't, so it's going to be play really well with interesting others. to see these two kind of different cultures. And I think some of it, some of it makes sense in terms of the products that they have. And some of it, I think, is just cultural in both cases. Right. I mean, crazy stuff, right? I mean, or they made it impossible to export your contacts that you had on LinkedIn, for instance. I mean, that right. that's, mm -hmm. that's just craziness, right? You want to... Just think if Salesforce had taken sort of that same closed end approach, um, they certainly wouldn't be where they are today. Right. So for the sales professional that uses LinkedIn on day in, day out, you know, they use Sales Navigator and all the other tools that exist, what do you see this, this changing for them? I mean, there's been talk about how this is really just sort of the first step and that Microsoft has other plans, you know, maybe... Yeah, CRM, if you can use those words, being integrated with LinkedIn. What do you see happening on that front? 
I, I think there's two really major categories of where the changes are going to come from, right? So I think one of them is going to be overtly apparent to the end user, and one of them is more kind of a back office thing. So the first one is the things that are going to be obvious to the end user is that social networking and the information that social networking can bring to a salesperson about a prospect, we'll keep it in our you know, in our sales vein discussion. I think the kind of information that LinkedIn can bring to a salesperson about a prospect, you're, we're gonna see it start to appear more seamlessly, obviously, in Microsoft applications. So probably the biggest one is the dynamic CRM. That's the obvious natural first spot, but then eventually you're probably gonna see it in things like Word and Excel and PowerPoint, and probably more importantly, Outlook and the calendar, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. getting emails from people, um, you know, you're gonna have information on them, it's gonna pop up, am I connected to them on LinkedIn, click here. You know, there's a lot of Chrome extension, there's a lot of browser extensions, I should say. Um, <laughs> add there's a lot of add-on. Add yeah, well, but you, but you, raise, you raise an interesting point though. Is I think that Microsoft still makes a browser or don't they? Yeah, uh, but but you make an interesting point, which is you know for all the Gmail users out there, if suddenly all this information is integrated into Outlook, do we start seeing a migration away from Gmail that's happened back to Outlook? Well, that's what they're hoping, right? Um, so so I think I think that's sort of point point one. Like I said, that's the stuff that's going to be obvious to the end user because you're going to see the 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 value of social networking, the connectivity, the information, the rapport building, the relationships. You're going to see that integrated right into these productivity tools, and Microsoft's obviously counting on that to do exactly what you said. Okay, the the other uh, sort of large category of change that I see is going to be. Um, more on a, on a back-end kind of a research way that eventually I, I hope will benefit us as users. But what I'm talking about here is, it, you know, now my, in the age of big data, th think now of the, of the kinds of information that like Microsoft is going to be able to glean, right? Everybody using Office um, 365, everybody using that and, and, and having all their social connectivity into it. So it's going to start to know like what types of people use what sorts of applications in which way at what time, right? It's going to get all this um, back-end data. So it's going to say, oh, hey, uh, lawyers like to use this feature in Outlook more than CPAs. Or it's going to know that, hey, people in India really are gravitating toward this feature set of a certain product, and this is how they use it. Or um, people with large networks tend to use Excel this way, right? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, accumulating. It's going to learn. Um, it's going to be able to combine the the functional and behavioral activities of productivity software with the demographic information that we all provide to LinkedIn, right? We tell it where we live, what groups we're in, who we're connected to. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we tell it all that stuff. So it's gonna be able to overlay the information about who we are with how we're using things. And again, that's, that's tremendous insights from a product management standpoint Sure, well, sure. it's going to tell you what features do you want. It's going to tell you how do you price it. It's going to tell you how do you roll things out. It's going to, so again, I mean, ultimately, on the first cut, that certainly benefits Microsoft. Ultimately, I hope it translates into being better products that are better suited and more productive for us as users. So, okay. so let me ask the question then is, all right, all that being great, how does that affect the individual sales rep though? 
Well, I think for the here and now, you just have to look at this announcement and and realize that social networking is here to stay. It's going to be a regular part of business if it isn't already for you. So, I mean, certainly I, I deal a lot with, with tech companies and those people are early adopters. Some, those were some of my first clients, right, in, in 2011 and 2012. And more traditional industries like insurance, banking, attorneys, CPAs, right? Those, if we think of the Jeffrey Moore crossing the chasm, those industries, by and large, not 100%, but by and large, those industries were more the laggards when it came to technology, things like social networking. So I think that this should just be a uh, you know and, and a, a bell for everybody that says, hey, I can see absolutely see this big wave coming. Um, I guess it's time to start building my LinkedIn network and start understanding how this works and understanding the value of sharing content to drive inbound leads and, and all those things. Because otherwise, if, if you sort of wait till it's really, really apparent and everything is woven into the standard business applications, well, that's probably two years away. And you know, you've lost two years on your competition in terms of building your, your social network and understanding this. So I think the takeaway for people this week is get going. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a great point as if you've been resisting social selling, if you're one of the, you know, if you listen to the late night pundits who are talking about this deal as like, you know, it's all about refusing connection requests, which LinkedIn, <laughs> LinkedIn isn't about, right? So yeah, right. yeah. if you've been hesitant to jump in, it, the wave is coming. Make sure you embrace it, as Kurt said, and get going. All right, perfect. Well, Kurt, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, Andy. Yeah, we'll look forward to having you on the show again soon. All right, looks good. Bye thanks, now. Uh, Miles Austin, welcome to this special edition of Accelerate. Thanks, Andy. Glad to be here. Always fun talking with you. Well, likewise. So let's jump right into it. Why Why is this move by Microsoft garnering so much attention? Why is, why does it, why is it interesting? Well, you know, it, obviously everyone's talking about it, Andy. I think, you know, you know, I think we, you and I have talked about this before. My position with, with LinkedIn um, has changed dramatically over the last year to the point where I literally, I won't say I gave up on them, but I, I just got fed up with them. And I think there were a lot of reasons why. Um, I've documented them on the blog. I've, I've shared them with people. Well, share, I, share with you because, you know, people maybe aren't familiar because, I mean, you were at just a couple of years ago, I mean, LinkedIn was bringing you to be an expert to speak at their own events. Well, you're right, and and you know, as I said, I still I still believe strongly that the potential of LinkedIn is there, no question about it. Um, here's here's what I watched. I watched a company that, in my opinion, lost their way. It might have been in in my the recent experience anyway. One of the best examples of a company that was clearly in need of some serious leadership changes. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty strong. And I, I don't, you know, I've never met Mr. Weiner, and, I, you know, I wish him the best. But um, I had written a post, um, I don't know, eight months or so ago that was called Mr. Weiner Tear Down This Wall. And I think I just got to the point when I watched a company that was literally making every decision that they could possibly make wrong with either no input from the, the most important people in their world, which should be their customers, 
Um, and I don't mean that, you know, I or you or any individual has the right to go tell LinkedIn or any company how to run their business, but um, it, it was just a nightmare. Um, they took away, if you recall, they took away the opportunity for us as as uh, users to download our own contacts for right. a while. Right. And the world exploded on them. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Well, they put it back in in a rush and said, well, we're going to do this for now, but it's not forever. Well, you know, that's pretty foolish. And what I think it reminded all of us is, is you better have a way to access your information and every platform will change over time. Every platform will do it. So, um, you know, I looked at things like LinkedIn groups it used to be a very powerful um, not only a strategy for sales and marketing people to be working with, but it was a great source of information, of connections, of ways to find like-minded people, whether it was a business scenario or even a hobby, whether it's if you're a fly fisherman, you could find great sure. groups there. Or in my case, I love riding Harley Davidson, and I had some great relationships established from one of the Harley groups that I belong to. So that was one. They just completely screwed it up to the point that today, as a, as a perfect example, the most active group, uh, a, a community around LinkedIn from experts and, and rookies alike and everyone in between and sharing ideas and asking questions happens to be a LinkedIn group on Google+. <laughs> and they had a LinkedIn group on LinkedIn. Well, think, does that make any sense to anyone right. that you have to go to Google+, to talk about LinkedIn and get questions and feedback? No, that's, they, they literally destroyed it. They, they, upset all of the group owners. They took away all of the ability to administer and manage in a positive way. So just one example, they cut off access um, to all of the companies that were trying to innovate and build a better overall solution for customers tying into the LinkedIn database, not the world's database, just the LinkedIn database for Miles Austin, for Andy Paul. Mm -hmm. When they cut off access, there's something called an API, which is like kind right. of a tunnel. And when they cut that off and they cut off people uh, and organizations like Nimble and Kite Desk, they said, hey, no more. And, all, and, and literally dozens and dozens of other companies that built connections into LinkedIn that, to then provide data back to people like you and I on how to use this information. Uh, I use a service called Rival IQ. You've, you've uh, right. interviewed uh, right. T.A. McCann. Right, right. And, and great solution. And all it does is kind of give me a status update. What's happening with my account? What's changed? Um, what are the comp competitors that I watch? What are the important clients that I work with? And just gave me a status update. It cut off their access. It's like, why would you do that? So, well, and you think about it. I mean, where would Salesforce be today if they had had this type of closed mentality, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. In fact, here's what's really strange: they left it open for a small handful of enterprise companies like Salesforce and, of course, Microsoft Dynamics. So, what they said was, "We're not going to work with anyone. None of you have access except for our chosen companies." Well, here's another ironic twist: within a year. Salesforce.com said, we're out of this. We, we literally, they pulled out and said, this isn't for us. This is just not working. And they were one of the chosen ones. And right. they got fed up with it. So that was another example. I think, okay, you know. So, they, well, so let, let me ask the question then. So do you expect that some of these shortcomings, this closed nature of it, is going to be 
uh, remedied by once Microsoft takes over, or is it going to be exacerbated? I, I don't know if I expect, but I'm hopeful. Um, and here's what I know. I, I've worked with Microsoft in, in my career in tech for probably 30 years. And, you know, we all love to hate the big companies, and Microsoft has been the big company we liked and then we hate, and we can pick on them and all that. But here's what I know. They have a much more effective and much more open system over the last four or five years. They've seen the power of the web, finally, the power of the cloud. One of the things that I've worked with Microsoft over the years and benefited greatly was they understand channels. I mean, Andy, I don't know if, if you were even involved in these, but I got, I, I've been involved in at least three projects with, with LinkedIn over the last four years that came to a group of people and said, look, we, we recognize you as someone who seems to really understand LinkedIn. You're out teaching it, talking it, whatever. Um, would you work with us to help form kind of a certification or a official partner type program? for LinkedIn, because obviously there's a lot of people out talking about it, and sometimes that information isn't accurate, or they're they're proposing or suggesting practices that really don't meet our standards and our terms of service in some cases. And we said, sure, I've done it. Um, many other people, I think you're going to, um, you know, people like Kurt Shaver, uh, sure. Vivian Rosen, they've all been involved in these projects. And we get into it three or four months, we pu put our, our heart and soul into it, we share all of our thoughts and our ideas and our, our inspiration for doing this. And then in every case, they come back three or four months and go, well, you know what? We've had kind of a change of heart. We've chosen not to go do this at this time. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Microsoft, on the other hand, has built their organization, many would claim, through the channel programs and embracing and endorsing channel partners. Mm -hmm. Every every engineer goes through certification to demonstrate their knowledge and their understanding of Microsoft products. So I hope they can bring that. I do believe very honestly, the first thing I hope happens, even though, you know, all the public everyone was told, well, it's nothing's gonna change. Well that's baloney. You know you don't spend twenty eight billion and change nothing. Right. Um, so I, I hope that we have some fresh new leadership that is actually in the decision making roles at LinkedIn. To first of all, listen to their customer base because it is a very vocal base, but there's a real strong passion for what LinkedIn can be. I hope they open up based on how I've seen Microsoft do this over the last four or five years uh, with Satya and the new, the new leadership, um, open up and start to bring and embrace more of an open source kind of an environment to the, to the table. Um, I do believe that they will open up uh, the uh, um channel to other parties to want to connect in um it, here's what i know is i well and I, feel, I mean and the thing is that it only makes sense because it, it then makes linkedin more sticky i mean at some point they continue to be closed up there are going to be alternatives that pop up I, mean, I know there always are smaller ones that are out there but somebody's going to get traction at some point if you can't actually use the tool right Absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, look, LinkedIn acquired a bunch of companies over the years as well. Cardmunch, Bizzo, Bright, Newsly, Pulse, right. uh, Linda. They Linda. acquired all these companies. SlideShare. Yeah, SlideShare. I mean, I forget about SlideShare because I've been using them for so long, right? These are all great services, but they pretty much have done squat. If anything, they've disappeared and gone away. So they buy all these companies, and, and I think Linda, um, SlideShare uh, were two perfect examples, even Pulse. And very honestly, they screwed them up. They completely dropped the opportunities, at least from my perspective, of what it can be. And 
look, um, I had a friend yesterday remind me when he said I was talking about this exact topic and, and acquisitions of uh, and Microsoft as an example. He said, yeah, but they, they don't do them a lot better. And I said, what do you mean? He said, when's the last time you ever saw anyone using a Nokia phone? And I stopped and I thought, yeah, well, I, I yeah. guess you're well, right. They, well, they wrote that all down, right? So Yeah, it's down to zero from $9 billion. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's opportunities there. Eddie. I, again, I'm optimistic. I really hope that it happens. I think if they can open up and take down the walls for access, I do think this. I, I'm convinced. I've heard several people say, oh, now they're going to have the ability to integrate this with their, mic their CRM program, Microsoft Dynamics and all that. Uh, I believe that's simply not going to happen. Microsoft Dynamics, for everyone that doesn't know, is a CRM program similar in function anyway to like a Salesforce, Salesforce in right, general. Right. right. Um, I believe there, there's another shoe that's going to drop here. Um, I'm convinced that the world as small and mid-sized businesses and individual entrepreneurs and business people is never going to embrace a tool as large as Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics. It's too much, it's too big, right. very frankly too expensive. There's another shoe here, and I believe the next shoe is going to be another acquisition that will fit right into this. I believe strongly that the real power of the next wave of growth for LinkedIn as we know it today is going to come from a front-end interface, a new way to interact and engage with LinkedIn for CRM-like capabilities that all of us in sales and marketing mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. interested in. And it's going to be something that doesn't exist today because Microsoft Dynamics isn't the answer and you can't dumb that product down, if you will, at the front end. It's just not going to happen. Think about this. One of the companies they, they shut off was a company called Nimble, right. which is a very friendly, relatively yep. new social media-centered environment who gets the way that businesses are transacting their activities today. Yep. Why not? And what would you think about having a, a – and it could be KiteDesk. It could be Nimble. There's a lot of other companies. I use Nimble because it's one that I know well and, and uh, um, know John well. The, the ability to say, okay, now let's go acquire for obviously a lot less money um, but still you know, make an acquisition with something like Nimble. Make that the front end to a CRM for everyone. And it's going to be a paid service, obviously. Sure. But put the front end there, completely open up the pipe now, if you will, to all of the data that's available to 400 a million, 400 million members, yeah, right? Right. Yeah, it becomes very and, powerful at that point. Yeah, and now I've got the entry level. I've got kind of the, the individual producer, a small business owner, a flower shop, doesn't matter. And now I start to integrate because guess what else they have? They also have Outlook. They have email. They have Office 365. And you start to look. And by the way, here's one that no one's talked about that I've heard yet. Now you can integrate a front-end CRM that's very user-friendly with all of your LinkedIn data tied instantly to a very powerful sleeping giant called Skype that we're using today. <laughs> and it's all integrated in. And now I can be on the phone, on my um, desktop or my uh, my mobile phone, interacting, doing things in a CRM-like mode that are important to those in sales and marketing. But in I LinkedIn. could literally click and make a call from my desktop or my laptop or my phone that's tracked through Skype that can be then captured and recorded um, if I needed to, but even recording the actual conversation if I felt it was necessary. So again, I think there's great promise here. Okay. Um, and I'm hoping that they'll be able to execute. 
Well, and that's a that's a great vision to leave the listeners with. It's, and because I, I think that's heading the same way too. I mean, it just makes so much sense that at some point, yeah, LinkedIn becomes sort of CRM de facto CRM of choice, sort of for small mid sized businesses because they're living so much on LinkedIn anyway. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it is there. I mean, it's, you know, it is still the largest database in the world of business yeah. professional people. Yeah. Facebook, I'm, I'm falling more in love with every day for sure. overall reach and potential, but for that market specifically. And I think very honestly, uh, I mean, think about this. The other thing we didn't even hit on was a rapidly growing and very successful platform, which I think is now going to be a downside of, of this merger, is Bing. Bing as a search engine is nowhere near what Google is, but Bing as an advertising platform is done very well um, across the board from what I've seen in my own experience compared to uh, pay-per-click and all of that kind of thing for Bing versus Google from targeting, et cetera. Right. And so what I am concerned about is all of us have been somewhat spoiled because LinkedIn kept bumbling and messing up this interaction with us as users from the advertising side. They just haven't done a very good job. They've done a very poor job, to be very blunt. Um, with the Microsoft team coming in, one of the things I'm afraid a backlash is going to be is that we are going to be, and I believe this... More ads. Fun, more ads. We are going to be bombarded with ads every time I turn around within LinkedIn. Because it is the ideal platform for people in sales sure. and marketing to reach out, right? Well, yeah, it's one of the true advantages of Facebook because you can get so targeted with Facebook. Sure. That, I mean, sure, they, they, LinkedIn, they LinkedIn will it. emulate that, yeah. 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 And I, I think it's one of the reasons that, you know, with all the things going on with LinkedIn that, you know, they their their profitability was tied primarily to the recruiting version of their program. Um, well, that's great. But I think they... Others, the Microsoft team saw pretty clearly. Someone had asked me just a couple days ago on this topic. They said, "Well, you know, we heard rumors that, that uh, Microsoft was going to buy Salesforce." I said, "Look, I, you know, who am I to know? But what I know is, if there were conversations, and it makes sense to explore mm -hmm. that, possibly, it would have been either or. Uh, they're not going to buy both Salesforce and LinkedIn. That makes no sense, in my opinion, at all. Well, not not, not currently. Me. Yeah, five years down the but, road, that may be a yeah, different story maybe, altogether." Sure. Okay. Right? So I looked at that and said, look, there's no way. I, I think it was an either-or scenario, and I think in the end run, they found a company that probably needed to be acquired more in LinkedIn than they did with Salesforce and probably more willing because, um, you know, yeah. I, I think Salesforce probably was a bigger, more frustrating um, nut to chew on. Well, and I think also LinkedIn needed to be, it sounds like from news reports, needed to be saved somewhat from their over-reliance on stock compensation and, and the fact stock price was depressed. And, you know, this will help rationalize that whole that whole system they have. Yeah. So I'm they can retain people and so on. So Absolutely. It's, it's really good. important. All right. Well, Miles, thanks very much. It's great as always to talk with you. I look forward to hearing the rest of the uh, folks you interview. It's an interesting topic. And the neat part is we can all watch this out play uh, live in our living rooms. That's right. We all play a role in how it turns out. Absolutely. Thanks, All right. All right. Thanks, Miles. Talk to you soon. Vivica, welcome to Accelerate. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Well, great to talk to you again. I <laughs> so you have been one of the most 
outspoken critics, if you will, of LinkedIn. <laughs> so I thought natural, even though you're such an expert on, you've been working with the, the service really almost since the beginning. Yeah. Is uh, so you have perhaps one of the most informed perspectives of. So I thought, okay, let's talk to Vitico about what this is going to mean. So what do you think this is going to mean? For salespeople, sales professionals. Yeah, I think this is a really, really good thing for sales professionals, whether you're an Apple or a Microsoft user. Um, Microsoft is coming in with so many amazing resources just in tech that it has, as well as people. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. A lot of people worried that they were just going to swallow uh, LinkedIn up, but they didn't swallow Skype up. So why would they swallow LinkedIn when part of the brand is the fact that it's a business social networking site and and Microsoft needs that. It needs that in its portfolio. So I'm actually excited about it. I was a little nervous at first, but I'm excited now. Well, I, I have to admit, I was a little nervous too because my yeah. <laughs> nervous reaction was because I could see how they want to integrate the product. I mean, it makes sense. Right. You, I mean, I have my own, <laughs> I guess, intuition of what, what, their, what their vision is for how they integrate LinkedIn. Yeah. But it's like, Oh, shoot, I'm going to start using Outlook again. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. Oh, my God, I got to use Outlook again. I know. And that might be true. You know, that might be true that we have to start. It was funny because I was I, this year was going to be the year that I ported completely over to, to the uh, Apple office, as it were, you know, okay. to pages and numbers, et cetera. Right. Um, and I, I haven't used Outlook and it just never has worked with my Mac. So I, yeah, I was like, okay, this is it. because I don't like the 365. Um, I don't, I don't like paying a subscription to get right. access to my, my, my office suite, but yeah, no. So with the, with the fact that, yeah, we're probably all going to have to jump on Outlook or some version of Outlook. Um, I still think that the benefits way out, way outweigh the, the, the negatives in this position. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I can, maybe, I can probably reconcile myself to that. I mean, I probably used it for 20 years before I finally able to break right? free, but, um, I know, you know, they keep pulling us back in. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, but let's talk about that. You know, so for the sales professionals, especially those people that are, are using LinkedIn, but I mean, a lot of people obviously have migrated to Gmail platforms and so on, right. but, but setting sir aside that level of integration for a second is, you know, really, what does it mean? I mean, is LinkedIn going to start suddenly becoming more open because I mean, Microsoft certainly yeah. became a, a company it was by being open and playing you know, with DOS and playing on all these different platforms yeah. and playing well with others. Are they going to, you know, turn LinkedIn around from being sort of the spoiled child that doesn't play with other people to being somebody that plays nicely with others. Yeah. You know, when, when Jeff Weiner said, break down these walls, I'm like, excuse me, you built them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think as soon as they get rid of him uh, or, you know, yeah, I, I mean, Microsoft has done a relatively good job of playing well with others. Um, what I like about Microsoft, it's got user groups, it, it's got partnerships, it listens to its users to, to a certain degree. And that is what LinkedIn needs again. If you talk to any LinkedIn professional, someone who teaches, train is cons trains or consults on LinkedIn, I mean, I think the biggest complaint we have is why doesn't LinkedIn listen to us? We're using LinkedIn and we're training people to use LinkedIn more than anybody else. Why won't you listen to us? And I think Microsoft will listen to us. I hope they'll listen to us. They benefit from listening to us. Um, and they're just more, interestingly enough, I think they're more open by nature. And they have so much open source technology mm -hmm. 
you know, whether it be Azure or, or some of the other the t- technologies that they have, that I think they're going to integrate into LinkedIn anyway. So I, I, I think, hope, pray that we go back to having the old LinkedIn. And the fact is, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that Microsoft bought LinkedIn, right? So, but part of the reason is because it's got 400 and what is it? 38, 33 to 38. I keep seeing different numbers, but anyway, let's call it 440. Let's just round up a call. Half a billion. Half a billion. Sounds better. 50 million users. Let's just call it, you know, regardless, it's got 400 and a lot of million um, users. Most of those users are free users, but Microsoft sees value in those free users. Whereas LinkedIn's current uh, current leadership, I don't think sees the value of those free users. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that Microsoft sees the value of those free users. It starts to support those free users again. It's smart. It's it 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 helps to bring back LinkedIn to when it was actually a useful tool for free users. Um, and I think that will just explode the biz, the LinkedIn business, um, and and really help edge Microsoft back up again. Well, do you think it's something that? Uh all the sort of explosion of companies we've had in the last several years that making CRM systems really targeted to the small and mid-sized yes. business. Do you think that they have reason to be worried that, that yeah, <laughs> that uh, Microsoft I mean, might plop a CRM on the front of LinkedIn and, Oh, they're going to, I mean, they keep bringing up dynamic, right? So the fact that they've got this dynamic CRM, which let's face it is it's more of an enterprise approach. It's anyway. an enterprise right now. And it's, you know, so my, so Salesforce obviously right now is the better solution for the smaller, you know, solopreneur, small business owner. Well, However, um, you, I could argue it's not the best solution for them. Well, right? not the best. No, right. no, I, I like Nimble the best, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it is compared to dynamic the better solution right now. But if they integrate the dynamic CRM, make it more user-friendly, make it more small business friendly, integrate it into what's currently Sales Navigator on LinkedIn. Yeah, sure. I don't care. Pay, I'll, I'll pay 79. I'll pay $99. You bring me a CRM that actually works, a CRM that's integrated, a CRM that maybe I can somehow use live, live Skype um, video and, and Skype interaction, a CRM with business intelligence. Or that records your calls via Skype and so on, yeah. Yeah, a, 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 a CRM that, exactly, that has, you know, the search capability of Bing, you know, add on to that the ability of once I'm, once I'm, I'm, I'm finding these people, you know, now maybe I can use kind of the Azure platform to, to target them and, and maybe ads on LinkedIn will start working again. I mean, there's so much. <laughs> There's so much on LinkedIn that almost works. And I think that bringing Microsoft in will make it work again. I well, hope. Right? Yeah, this I, hope. We have to think that Microsoft sort of looked at one of the opportunities of saying LinkedIn is basically seeding, what at least seems to me, seeding or giving a lot of their uh, ad business, basically to Facebook. Because, oh. you know. Hello. I just, <laughs> I just spent $1,000 on Facebook ads. Because my ROI was was 10x on my Facebook ads as it was on LinkedIn. Well, because I it's, mean, it's so targeted. It's so tar- plus I can't use the word LinkedIn in LinkedIn ads, so you know, that's that's restrictive if you're selling a LinkedIn, a LinkedIn training service. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, people are just linked our Facebook advertising. It's almost too sophisticated. Like I actually had to hire someone to do it for me, whereas LinkedIn I can do myself. But 
yeah, it's more targeted. The, the, the conversion's better. The, the, the cost per click is lower. You know, not as much. It's not as low as people think it is compared to LinkedIn. But still, yeah, they're, they're bleeding. They're bleeding ad money right now. And they can get that back. Oh, yeah. When you have that big of a population. And as you said, you put the search capabilities into it. Yeah, overlaying the ads on top of it. Seems yeah. like a pretty powerful tool, especially if yeah. it's relatively cost effective. Exactly. And, you know, and, and then Linda. Now we've Linda, got this right. whole other audience of learners of, you know, and, and here's the thing. If you've joined Learner, uh, Learner, if you've, joined, <laughs> ooh, uh, if you've joined Linda, then you are a learner. You're a lifetime learner. You're growing yourself. You're investing in yourself. And, and isn't that the purchaser persona, the buyer persona that Microsoft wants? Oh, so yeah. now... Right. It, it's just not only has it, it, it not only has it enveloped the 430 million LinkedIn members, the the I can't remember how many Linda users there were, two or three million. But yeah, anyway, it's sizable. yeah, it's really yeah, it was a big, big program. So it's just a win, win, win. And then there's tax benefits and all kinds of other stuff, too. But <laughs> So in short, what we're saying and what I think what you I hear you saying is that you're pretty optimistic for someone who's had soured on LinkedIn fairly profoundly yes. that <laughs> Am I that obvious? <laughs> well, just from previous conversations and following you online and what you write and so on is is you know going from perhaps one of the biggest cheerleaders to you know being yeah. profoundly disaffected with it is that you're cautiously optimistic I would say for what's going to happen. I, that's exactly right. I'm cautiously optimistic. So I think one of the important things is for small businesses Sales professionals, sales leaders, entrepreneurs, anybody that's sort of been not fully engaged with LinkedIn, hasn't really been using it, this really represents a signal to them to they need to get on board, they need to start using it. Because this, this, I think, wave of innovation is going to come through uh, with LinkedIn, and you want to be ahead of the curve, not behind it. That's exactly right. You want to be grandfathered into whatever's being offered right now. And yes, I think the new LinkedIn will have even more offers and be even better. But but get what you, you know, stake your claim right now, right? And and as these new offers um, come in, then great, you've got that opportunity. But stake your claim right now on LinkedIn. Stake your space on LinkedIn. Because I think more users, more competition, and, and just quite frankly, the longer you've been on LinkedIn, the more the more activity and the more useful it is. So yeah, get on now if you're not on yet. Okay. And a great way to start maybe is to buy a book. Uh, let's see, LinkedIn marketing an hour a day. It's written by somebody named Vivica von Rosen. <laughs> okay. So honestly, don't buy that book because <laughs> tell you by the time micro, I'll have a new book. Um, okay. Actually, new books coming out in the next couple months. It's, oh, and this right. would be perfect for new users. It's called 101 ways to rock your personal brand on LinkedIn. So keep an eye out for that. Um, that should be out in July ish, but uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad I brought that up. See, you got an opportunity exactly. to plug your new book. Because the old book is going to be really out of date by the time all this activity takes place. Okay, so even though you need to get going, wait 30 days, buy Vivica's new book. That'd be perfect. There we go, exactly. All right. Well, Vivica, (laughs) thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon about your new book, as a matter of fact. Perfect. That sounds great. All right. Bye. Bye. Friends, thanks for joining me on this special edition of Accelerate. And remember, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. One easy way to do that is to make this podcast accelerate part of your daily routine, listening on your commute, in the gym, or as part of your morning sales meeting. 
That way you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guests today, Vivica von Rosen, Miles Austin, and Kurt Shaver, who shared their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales. We're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.